0: Clock Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Friday. I love Fridays, 3-8, March 8th. 8. So I guess we spring forward with our class on Sunday on the 10th. But it is already March 8th, so hard to believe. And it's still cold in California, considering, I mean, relatively speaking. But it's cold. And today I got a ton of questions. So I got to get started quickly because I hope to God I finish. So here we go. I'm going to start with the first question, an anonymous question. It's It's hard to have parents destroying themselves. I got this issue with my mom on my mind 24-7 and it is juicing my mental energy. I am fighting back, defending life, but maybe I am doing something wrong. How do we deal with situations where family members are potentially mentally ill, in need, but in denial and we cannot help and are busy protecting ourselves? I can't relax. Has have to say, a lot of this, Her feelings, your feelings, anybody else involved in the family's feelings are built in. You guys have been doing this dance for a long time. So having said that, it's hard to be able to do what I'm going to ask you to try. But it will be freeing for both you and your mom. Because a lot of times when we get older forget that our parents lived without us until they had us, and that they are people. They really are. They're not just your mom or your dad, but they're people, that the world sees them as people. And when the world sees them as one thing, but in life, all the stuff comes out that has been unaddressed. And sometimes with older generations, you're going to find a lot of unaddressed issues because... They weren't taught to share. So what happens is now you're involved and they were together before you ever got there and now you're here and you're an adult and you're involved and now you're taking on all the stuff they're taking on. And it's hard to be objective because we want to help, we want to fix, we want to share, we want them to be okay, we want to feel proud of them. There's a lot going on in our minds towards them. and. I know it's going to sound weird to say this, but don't fight back. You don't need to fight back. Your mental energy that she's juicing is because you're picking up her energy. You're like, oh, my God, she's so anxious, and now I'm so anxious. Well, yeah, it's contagious. However, it doesn't have to be. You can go there and you can say, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Because you don't have to get sucked in to the argument. Whatever they say about you at this point in your life, isn't going to change your life, but it does affect your mind because we're still kids when we're with our parents. So every time something is said to you that makes you feel like you have to defend your life or fight back to say, oh, wow, that wasn't very nice. Or that wasn't kind. I, I want to come and help you, but please don't attack me for wanting to come and help you. But Those words are a little harsh. So you have to say, I didn't want to feel bad by coming to help you. I know you don't mean that. It's okay to not feel okay. Is there anything I can do to help? Because we can't decide who has their mentality is in need of help, if they're healthy or not mentally or all of that. Your parents are used to each other. They've made it through this this long. Say, oh, that wasn't kind, and just leave it there. I came here to help you. I came here because I love you. You don't look like you really need help right now from me. Can we do something else? I don't want to be part of the argument that you are having this Dad. You've had these arguments with dad before I ever came along, and now there's three of us doing the same thing. You feel like you have to protect yourself, and you're just getting sucked into somebody else's argument, and you're taking on all their energy, and you're trying to fix something that isn't even yours to fix. If they need help, you can be there, because you know what happens when you do that? When people are fighting, there's something they need from that fighting. They're they're less pain than pleasure. They're having more pleasure than pain or they would not continue to do so. It's feeding something, whether it's anger, fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt, whatever it is, it's feeding. It's feeding it. Yours. So when you go, you feel like you have to put this little circle around you to protect yourself. And my question to you is, can you disengage yourself enough to not involve yourself in their issues? Even if one of the two parents calls you and says, oh, your mother's doing this again because they need a partner in crime, they don't realize that they have just called you and hijacked your day, and you're at a time in your life where you've got to make things work in your life. And you say, hey, you know what? I have been involved before, and this keeps happening, so I am not qualified to come over and change anything. I just become part of the argument, and then all three of us are arguing. you can, when your mom is in a good mood, you can say, hey, you know what? It's really hard for me when I come over and that happens because there's actually nothing I can do. I used to try to do stuff, but it's not that nothing ever worked, but nothing ever gave you enough comfort for you to listen to. And I'm really sorry about that because it's hard for me to see you when you're not happy. I would rather always see you like this. And because I love you, I'm not going to push any more fuel to the fire once the fire is burning. I'm not going to be part of it because I don't know what to do when I'm there. And just talk in a way that you can not protect yourself or fight back or all that stuff. But to understand your limits, you cannot control them their habits. That's not yours to do but you can give them back their energy and you can respond to their energy and to their behavior instead of getting sucked in and becoming part of the issue with them because they may look at you just so you have perspective as the weakest link in the whole thing because you don't live there. You look at it as Oh my gosh, I'm sucked in again and if you need that excuse then you might want to go in and get sucked in and complain that your parents just hijacked your life yet again. And on the other hand, you can let them know their limits. You don't need to tell them they're in denial. You don't they're not going to hear you. Obviously, but they will respond to you knowing enough to know that you don't want to be involved in that because you know what happens is then they'll start looking at themselves like, wow, we can't even involve our daughter anymore. And we used to do that all the time. And gosh, she knows she won't even play anymore. But wait a minute. Why are we playing? Why are they playing? And what do they need from it? But it's not yours, not yours, not yours feeling around it. You haven't been able to fix before. You can't fix now and you can't fix in the future because it's not yours. And sometimes the silence, if they call you and you say, I'm really sorry. I know you're having this issue. I know it'll be over in a week or so or two days or so or one night. I know all of that. I don't have time to come because I'm working right now. and staff, just like I did. Be quiet. Don't say anymore. Don't try to over-explain. working on my life right now and this doesn't help me and I'm not helping you. So it's a lose-lose situation. And when you can look at it objectively like that, it will pull them out of that loop that they're in. And I hope that helps you. I have another question and it's Hello, Nadia. I would like to remain anonymous. If there's time, could you please answer a question for me? How could you tell if your feelings are authentic and wanting a reconciliation with someone, meaning maybe I'm just lonely? Thank you and love you, Nadia. Well, how do you know? It's not neediness. It's not fear of being alone. It's not that you can't Make it on your own. We all can make it on our own. But bigger than that, bigger than that, if you feel in your heart something isn't right, it isn't right. Your gut is telling you. Those initial decisions that we make, sometimes we backtrack on because we feel bad that we made a decision. That may not have been a popular decision. Decision in the long run. Others may not see it today, but they will catch up. But the important thing is, is what you see. And if your initial feelings were to step back from a situation, there's a reason why. There's feelings I've never Had in certain situations of stepping back, and then there's other situations where I felt like I needed to jump in with both feet, and I did. And then I found out everything, and I I outgrew it quickly. But there's other situations where there was an underlining feeling of this isn't right for me, this isn't right for me, and I keep going and keep going and keep going. And then a year later, I now found out why I felt that. And the reason we start to vacillate and go back and forth is because we don't feel that we have enough proof yet to back up our decision. But if you've seen proof of something that you know isn't a home for you, for your body, for your mind, for your soul, and you try to make it that, you will still be trying to make it that. You'll just have more examples later on is what happens. When something doesn't feel right to your soul, it isn't right for your soul. Maybe right for somebody else's. But if you've, like, already learned certain things, it's hard to go backwards. It's hard for me to eat stuff I used to eat before because I got used to eating stuff that worked better for my body. It's hard for me to date the kind of people I used to date before because I found out through life that my love wasn't enough for the both of us. They had to love themselves to some level. I found out that if I'm really honest with people, that sometimes that gets taken advantage of. So I have learned to not expect it back. So we grow, we evolve. So if we come back to a situation that we see that we want to be bigger than it was or more than it was or more important than it is, try to make it that way and take our growth and kind of go backwards with it, we will start to see why we feel that. It's not about anything being authentic or not. It's about knowing in your heart that you're probably questioning why you're delving into something that you can already see is a red flag. And if it's a red flag for one person or one job or whatever it is that you're planning to do in life, it will be a red flag for everyone else involved. They just don't know it yet. And sometimes, like, I know this sounds funny, but we build forums, right? We we say, oh, but I want this. And then we go out into the world and we run into someone who may want those same things or may want those things with us. But it really does take getting to know people, to know who to bring into your life and who not to bring in. So that both of you have a quality of life. It is really important when you get a job that you actually love doing the job. So if you feel like temporarily, excuse me, I'm just going to take it temporarily. That temporary has turned to 30 years for many people. And they complained about the job the whole time. It was supposed to be a stepping stone and it became a lifetime, but we usually don't know that until our lifetime's been taken. So having authentic feelings, we do, we all want love. Wanting a reconciliation because sometimes the feelings of loneliness are bigger And anything else you're feeling or you start to feel like you can fix things. But then the minute you get back in, it starts all over again. And then you have to leave again and leave again and leave again. And that's what ends up happening. But really, really think about your instincts. Think about how they've served you throughout your life and whether or not you should follow them. And I think just by, I don't know what I just felt, but I feel like you already know the answer to that. I have another question, question for Questions Friday. Dear Nadia, how do we handle the situation of having a close friend not feeling joy for you if you're in a really happy place? It's a very complex situation, yet it's more complex when you really like your friends and you want them to feel joy for your joy. I do know that this friend would want to be in the same circumstances I'm in, and she's been wanting this for years now. And I think because she forces things, it seems that she got a bit stuck there. I've been trying to help her, and even though things are the way they are, this shouldn't trigger on a sad face in her when I'm telling her about beautiful things in my life. I've always held back my joy to not disturb her with it. It's easy to say for me. If you're not happy, I don't need you as a friend. But it's harder to understand how someone so close could be so jealous and not happy at all all for someone else's happiness. Makes me think that this might never have been a deep friendship at any time. What do you think of this friendship and situation with all my love, Marie? Well, it's not that the friend is good or bad. It's not only that she may feel jealousy, it's actually that she just feels sadness because she wants not to be you, but to have those things. But the bigger question is, why, why in her own life does she feel those aren't hers? I remember once when I had uh, my daughter, when I was pregnant with number two, And one of my friends came over and she sat down and she started to cry. And I said, oh, my God, what's wrong? And she said, this is what I want. I feel like I'll never have it. And I said, oh, yes, you will. By the time you have kids, my kids will be able to babysit your kids, even though the two of us were the same age. And we would laugh about it. And we turned it around. But if you're around somebody, who cannot handle happiness, not your happiness, happiness. Because your friendship was based on when you both weren't happy. So you both got to kind of look at the world through that lens. But now that you've made moves in your life that you've earned. Because I remember in the beginning of your whole new situation, you were even scared. You were wanting to run away. Because the embeddedness of getting used to not getting what you want, who you want, why you want it, was in the way. And what happened to the two of you, not just to her, but to you too, was that you both outgrew that relationship. The reason she feels stuck is that she may not have taken a chance to overcome that mentality. And you did overcome that mentality. So now you're looking back and going, hey, look, we got the stuff we said we wish we'd have one day. Well, you got it. And putting a sad face when you're happy is trying to pull your energy down. And what happens is the realistic reality of this is She's upset at herself for not taking care of herself in the way that she could have or will. And that's her lesson. It's not like a bad place to be. We've all been there. We've all said, well, wait a minute, why is everyone going on and I'm not? And that's where she's at. And you're at, hey, I get to do this too. So it's like watching somebody get the candy bar and you can't eat it. There isn't love there. There is. But there's also personal work that needs to be done. And the thing is, you both may have to step back just a little bit to give yourself space to not feel like you have to babysit someone coming at you negatively over and over again because it's not you. You don't have to take her energy in and feel bad about yours. You can give her back her energy and say things like, I'm really sorry that you have that sad face right now. Maybe being around me is too sad for you. And maybe you should be around me so much so that you can be happier or at least try to figure out why you have to be sad when you're around me because it's really hurting us as a friendship and I don't want it to I want us to stay friends I want us to get through this but it's really hard for me at this point in my life to feel like I can't be myself around you because you're obviously completely yourself around me, you're letting me know you're not happy that I'm happy, you're letting me know that you have a sad face you're letting me know that I can't break into your world of sadness. But I'm not allowed to let you know I'm happy without being judged for my happiness. And that's really hard for me right now. So we really have to take some time and think about this because you may have both outgrown each other and it can go one or two ways for both of you. For her, she may find another complain partner where they can do that and she can just Continue on that track or in that pulling back in time from each other for a while is not, I mean, forever. I mean, you may want to go out with a group of friends where people are more positive, but the one-on-one pull back a little bit. And in that silence, she may be able to see herself and she may grow. A lot of times that's how we grow. It's like the first question with the parents. You can't go in there and tell people how to think. And if you try, they're going to fight you. Because they know it's their job to know how to think, not yours. And how many people run up to you to take on how you think? And what do you do? And how would you react? But one thing I've learned in life is that when you don't do to other people what you allow other people to do to you. That's your question. Why do I allow that? Because we do teach people how to treat us. We do that all the time. So whatever we accept, they're allowed to do. And if we say, Hey, you know what? That really like bums my day when that happens. I, I would rather that didn't happen every day. It's true. And the other person go, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Bum's my day, too. I don't know why I do it. And we grow each other. And this is kind of what you guys need to do. Pull it up to a little bit more lightheartedness and say, hey, you know what? I've noticed you're really not happy when you're around me. You know, what makes you keep coming back? Pose yourself. Because if she can answer those things, You're helping her instead of feeling like you're hurting her for being you because that's not fair, totally not fair. And it's taking the attention off of you completely, and now it's all about her sadness and her feelings about not being happy for you. And you never know. I mean, it may go south completely, but you need to find that out. Because sometimes that's the only way we learn, and we are actually here to learn. And to keep ourselves in places that become very toxic doesn't help either soul. I have another question from Maureen Cook. And she said, Nadia, is there any way to get out of the feeling all you did to others thing that happens on the other side? Oh, okay. So that's in reference to the show. I remember this. We did a show about what happens after we die and some of the things that I saw as a result of seeing Christ. So um, what happens on the other side? Like you say, we already have felt remorse and cried and felt bad about some of our actions here. Do we still have to experience it again? I think I know the answer, but I just thought I'd ask anyway. Well, the thing is, is that no matter what you do, what you've come clean with, you actually don't need to revisit. And when we go back, we don't revisit it in the sense that we feel everything and then we have to go through it again as though we don't know the answer. Because that's not what happens. actually happens is when you are there, once you go back, you left the earth, you're back, you're in front of God, you, what you see is how you affect it everybody around you and you take on their feelings because then you experience the results of behavior. It's like giving and receiving. You got to know both. If you are a giver and you never receive, why are you giving? Because you need love. You need appreciation. You need all those things. But if you are a giver and you don't need anything back, you're able to receive as well and you have balance. And the same thing happens when we go back. We don't have to cry and, and feel remorse and all those kinds of things, but we do see the effect of our actions, they are. Because when people say, oh, it doesn't matter if I do this, oh, yeah, it does. It doesn't matter if I say that to that person. Oh, yes, it does. Because it affects that person and the people they know, and it affects those people and the people they know, and it goes on and on and on. Good news travels fast, bad news travels fast. There's a reason we say that. So just knowing that it's not a punishment per se to do that, or it's part of what you came here to build into your body of work to learn. And then you complete your involvement to the life. You know, you come here and part three, actually, because before you come, you're before God, and you tell him what you want to do here, and then you're here, and then you leave, and it's like the exit interview of life, if you want to give it a name. It's kind of interesting, but that's kind of how it works. So I, I don't have time for the rest of the questions. However, I do have them for next week. I love you guys. Have a great and safe weekend, and put your clocks forward. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.